This is the Head on Collision Podcast. Hey guys, this is Clay from Head on Collision Podcast. Um, this next podcast we have is actually from TJ's brother, Mike. Um, he runs his own podcast, but what we did was he asked, asked him to come on to the, our podcast to talk about, you know, kind of TJ's struggle with his weight loss and, you know, getting a, an outside perspective to kind of come in and explain what it was like for him looking at TJ when it all happened. So that's what we got on our next podcast. Uh, we do want to apologize for the the video quality. First off, on our first podcast, uh, we recorded it with our iPhones and then on this one too, uh, through iPhone and through the phone. So from here on out, we got a brand spanking new uh, microphone. Um, everything's going to be pretty high quality from here. But um, here's TJ and his brother Mike. I want to get in, dig into some stories about the old fat kid me. Like, I know you and Jordan had some funny stories. Yeah. From yeah, me slamming so, soda in the middle so of the night. We're sitting there. You're sleeping on the couch because uh, you're living with me and we only had a two-bedroom apartment. So, you're sleeping on the couch. You passed out. Um, I don't know why you're so tired. I, <laughs> maybe we were just up late or whatever, but all of a sudden, like, you're passed out. Like, not a sound from you. And then, in your sleep, you wake up, you sit up, don't even open your eyes, you reach your left hand out, you open up a two-liter of uh, <laughs> Mountain Dew, chug as much as you could, and then went directly back to sleep. And then, <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I, and I don't even remember says, that. That's where all the problems stem from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a new that's a new level of like closet eating. It's uh, literally yeah. unconscious like, eating. Even when we are we are trying to be he- trying to be healthy, you know, before the internet actually had any information about like what legit nutrition and fitness and like all that stuff was. Like in two thousand in two thousand. Uh, eight, nine, you know, there was information on the internet, but it was just like, it was the first people on the internet that were just throwing shit out there. So like, even when you tried to eat healthy, we'd eat like a ton of protein bars, but each protein bar had like 50 grams of carbs. So you can like 400, 500 grams of carbs if you eat, you know, a ton of protein bars. And then not only that, you'd have regular meals on top of that. So like, even when you were trying to to control you know to eat better uh we are kind of misled and so that's a good reason you guys are starting this podcast to challenge some of the ideas that are out there because i think every idea needs to be challenged even the ones that we hold is 100 percent true to ourselves you know i try to make it a, a weekly or monthly practice where i any deep deep held belief that I have in my, hmm, is this true? What's it, what, what out there says it's not true? You know, like just pick it apart. So I think this podcast would be good for everybody. Yeah. We already had fun with it. We got, we're one, we recorded one, literally we talked for three hours. We had a little technical difficulty where apparently the, what we use to record cuts out at, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. So we talked for like 30 minutes without uh, getting it recorded. So that was fun. We noticed it was shut off and basically had to start back over and try to remember what we covered. But, yeah, it's going to be fun. I was basically – these stories are just fun for me too because I remember how 
mom and dad would talk about me changing my eating habits from the outside. Like, they would say I'm starving myself and all this stuff just because it was from the outside. Since I was a lot closer to you during that time period, I just wanted to, like, what kind of stood out to you about how I changed my eating or what I changed um, basically around training or food or yeah. whatever well, that might look my like eyes, in your it's eyes. Like, uh, it, was, it was gradual. You know, you, you kind of thought, or we kind of thought, or uh, people in general kind of thought, but especially us, that if uh, as long as we're working out, you can eat whatever we want, you know? And uh, at certain levels, that's true. Like if you're fucking, if you're biking 100 miles a day or whatever, you know, you pretty much can eat. Or if you're Michael Phelps, you know, like if you're on that kind of training, you pretty much can, your your body's not going to be maximized for like nutrition and performance, but you're not going to get fat, you know? Uh, so what really changed is at some point, um, we did this thing where we just eliminated all carbs for a few days and ate as much protein and vegetables as we could get. And you, what'd you lose the first time you did that? Oh my God. I feel like it was yeah. literally close to 20 pounds. And yeah, for some reason, 18 pounds is, period of time. Is, is what I thought, but I can't remember. And then that that was like a light bulb you're like holy shit like i can eat as much as i want and still lose weight if i'm eating the right the right stuff and you know and then from there you know you did that once or twice and then we kind of go back to our old ways where we're just trying to lift weights and play basketball or whatever and uh started gaining weight again and then i remember one day you came home from school <laughs> and you're like yeah so apparently, um, people in school refer to me as Fat TJ. And then, uh, yeah. yep, I and remember from that, that well. From that day, I just remember waking up at like three in the morning because I had to get up at like five thirty or six for work, and you're on the on YouTube, just going going hard deep on like these nutrition pages and like some of the early bodybuilders talking about uh, macros and all this stuff and I'm like and I didn't even know what a macro is what the fuck are you talking about like, go to sleep you dickhead like <laughs> at first I thought I like I thought you were like watching porn so like I didn't want to ask any questions like okay this is awkward no just uh, just daydreaming about sweet potatoes uh, yep it's so funny too because I understood so little about nutrition Literally, I had no healthy fat in my diet at all. Like, at 15 or 16, nearly 16, yep. zero sex drive. Yep. Negative sex drive. I literally broke up with my girlfriend at the time because I didn't want her yeah. sleeping next to me. <laughs> Just like, it, it yeah, was literally be, negative. Uh, some, <laughs> like, something to that as far as, like, genetics, too, because for some reason, you know, I've never... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, I'm just putting the dots together now or it's like whatever, but like I've always struggled kind of with having a sex drive. Like I've always wanted women, but like I never had like a huge desire unless it was like first thing in the morning or whatever. <laughs> so there's all kinds of 
right. there's all kinds of good I research like now that kind of can help you understand like what your baseline is as far as like your genetic uh, makeup, as far as like what you know what you easily could fall into if you don't pay attention. Like uh, with me, uh, if I if I don't get more mono and polysaturated fat versus normal saturated fat, I'll get I get really inflamed. And I and actually my uh, my my chance for being obese is twice as much as the general population. And I'm not natural. I'm naturally like a uh, pretty petite, like small frame kind of guy. And uh, you know that was surprising to me. Like what? Like it, it makes sense because I tried keto. You know, everyone, everybody I knew was having great results with keto, and I'm just hammering the butter and the coconut oil and like all this stuff. And I was, and working out like crazy, playing basketball two, three hours a week. And I lost like five pounds, which when I cut, when I cut all those like just normal saturated fats out of my diet, I immediately lost another 12 pounds with the same activity. So yeah, there's so many technologies and tools that we have at our disposal that you kind of have to Everything is on an individual basis, I guess. Is, I guess uh, is what I'm trying to say. And for sure, the one thing that's so tricky with uh, sex drive and stuff like that, everyone correlates sex drive specifically with testosterone, and testosterone is probably one of the last big factors in hormones that control actual yeah. libido and sex drive. So obviously, it's essential for sleep and it's essential for recovery and it's essential for so many other things as a male retaining muscle but for actual like sex drive uh when cortisol spikes your toast i mean that affects the uh sex hormone binding globulin that affects progesterone Mm -hmm. progesterone is a huge one when that's elevated like your sex drive will be gone so there's um there were i've seen some studies where they've um, serial rapists, they've actually dosed them with progesterone so yeah. they have zero sex drive. So it's like, it's a crazy thing. So if you don't naturally limit progesterone and the, some of the other hormones, you could have eight, nine, a thousand um, yeah. score of test for total testosterone and have zero sex drive. And then one of the people I follow pretty close that is pretty deep in the science he literally um, had a blood score where he recorded like something crazy low, like 100, under 100 score on total testosterone. But he maximized and optimized sleep, stress, meditation, and he said he had no issues with sex drive at all, which that blew everyone's mind based on yeah. what everyone thinks yeah, controls th- sex drive and meant. Yeah, and most and people just so blanket it as one, neck, one mechanism, like, oh, it's just testosterone. No, it's, uh, I mean, there's tons of tons of things involved, and it's like, if one thing's off, it can completely, completely change the whole chain of events. So how could, you know, like a guy like me in my mid-30s, uh, I don't work out as hard as I used to, but when I do, it's usually pretty intense. It's either like, an hour and a half or two hours of nonstop basketball or like, you know, like five sets of five 
is like is like a you know like a deadlift or a squat or uh, weighted dips or pull-ups. You know, it's like it's either heavy or intense. And you know, how could I uh, limit my release of for what whatever that P hormone is, progesterone? Uh, well, the main thing with that training is it's going to spike cortisol really high, which short-term cortisol is essential for recovery and so many other things. Cortisol is simply just a stress hormone, and we can't adapt without stress. But the other things come down to more nutrition mm-hmm. side of things than training side of things. So, like, phytoestrogens that we get in, like, soy proteins and um, BP, uh, plastic that's not... What is it, BPA or whatever it's called? Yep. Yep, so all those things are what will elevate estrogen or lower your free testosterone score. And elevated estrogen over a longer period of time, you pretty consistently see elevated progesterone in that same case. So if you have, um, you're taking any things that are going to up estrogen, if that's elevated chronically, so slightly higher than normal for an extended period of time, you'll also have the issues with the progesterone, which is what will finally put the ax to mm-hmm. any kind of sex drive. So, or that's, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Obviously yeah. we don't have any blood panels or anything, but that's just off the top of the head. Cause we're, we're going to talk about a completely yeah, different topic. Sorry, I, just, hey, I have we'll a lot of questions and I don't have time to answer. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's Hey, that's the best yeah. part about these podcasts. But uh, one thing I wanted to bring back is when you said we were e- eating healthy for a short period of the time, in the other episode that I've already recorded that um, might be out before this, might not, but we actually talked about how we'd eat healthy, eat healthy for a few days, and then just binge eat pizza donuts and our hazelnut creamer oh yeah i I told that whole story about how much hazelnut creamer we literally it was like a gallon every three days literally like i was was looking at the carbs on that and the sugars on that thing you know just the normal whatever it's called cafe hazelnut whatever it's like it's like 38 grams of sugar per like two 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 tablespoons two tablespoons like you go through one of those giant ones in one day just Playing video games and drinking coffee all day long. Like, <laughs> it's funny because we never played video games, but we had that like, what was it, maybe three weeks, where we played. Yeah. I don't know how many things of Madden. <laughs> like, whole Non-stop. seasons of without Madden. anything to get any kind of but, glucose out of our our bloodstream or nothing, just straight to the fat cells. And yeah. And in middle of the night, like we were playing till like one, two in the morning, drinking. Not like caffeinated nope. coffee, not decaf, and we were so messed up, we would still pass yeah, it's, up. It's, uh, just intense and wow! Like just you, you growing up as, as a a kid. Every time I saw you, you're like, literally, your face is so fat it looked like you're about to pop. And like, what were you at your heaviest? Like three ten <laughs> or something like that. I think it was right around three fifteen. You were like the heaviest I ever old. stepped on the scale. Yep, yep like fourteen or fifteen. I have one picture on my social media where you could see, like, the sugar yeah. spewing out of my acne. And then, and then 
and then great. you drop down to like 201 pounds at some point after you found out that carbs make people fat. <laughs> yep. And one more quick note about the kind of dieting that we were doing. Like when I made the comment about the sex drive, my bones also got so weak because I had, didn't yeah. have any minerals that I needed. I yep. broke both my hands in that period of time. Like things that no, normally wouldn't pizza break pockets don't have the uh, the bone densifying things you need. <laughs> uh, so I think I've told you this story, but I would literally deep fry the pizza pockets, and then I'd pull out a full large pizza put the deep fried pizza pockets on the pizza, sprinkle a bunch of cheese on it to hold the pizza pockets in place, and then cook the pizza and eat yeah, the whole thing well, to myself. Probably three times a day. Yeah, and then, like, I was a big fan of whole boxes of cereal. There was probably a four- or five-year period where I don't know if I ate less than a box of cereal yeah. in a serving. So if I had cereal, yeah. I had the whole box. I thought that was a serving. Yeah, you know, it's crazy is like as i you know become more aware like obviously so you've developed you've cultivated your habitual eating patterns a lot different than than me because i still don't have any real in cement habits but like the more and more i go away from like uh processed stuff the more that like instead of like craving like uh ice cream for dessert like, I'll want, like, a uh, Czech cereal is, like, my, is, like, the worst thing I'll eat in the day because, like, it's sweet enough to, compared to whatever else I eat all day long. And, like, most people, the general population thinks that a bowl of Czech cereal would be good for you. Yeah. There's so many things that we're going to dive into in this podcast where, like, it's things that people think are healthy or healthy options that are easily yeah. just as bad for you, if not worse. Oh, one thing I see a lot is, like, uh, people switching from, like, pop to Gatorade. They think Gatorade's a sport drink. It's better for you. Nope. Yep. It's still pure sugar. Yep. It's just not carbonated. Like, that's yeah, the difference. Crazy. Or vitamin water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, um, <laughs> so now that we covered a little bit about the fat kid and obviously a lot more of my stories are going to pop out as we get deeper into podcasts. But what was your thoughts when you first seen me dive into actually competing in bodybuilding and doing the extreme cuts and deficits? Uh, How'd that look the from outside, the like with, So I guess I was kind of, uh, I was kind of on the inside, kind of on the outside. So I got to see both perspectives. Like, if I didn't know the whole process of your of your mind and like how you how you researched everything and learned everything, if I would have not seen you for a few weeks and then saw you again and I know like and I'm just everything I know about you is the old TJ, the pizza pocket hazelnut creamer TJ, I would have been like, holy shit, this guy's like starving to death because you're you know you were losing weight so fast and like all these all these things. So from the outside, it was like, okay, this. This, so two things. I was like, okay, this guy's trying to increase his self-esteem through bodybuilding, which, which, you know, I have I had no problem with because you, the mind and the body are connected. So if you start with one of them, the other one has to, it has to continue the the loop, you know. 
and the and the, mostly I was I was extremely proud of you because I saw I saw the complete change in you because even even I I'd be like come on TJ let's go get some of this you're like no man I can't do that I'll screw up my macros and then like even even myself which supported your goals in pretty much every way would be like oh man fuck that like it's just it's just one burger it's not gonna kill you you know which it's not it's not gonna kill you but if you're trying to get a very specific goal and those goals have everything to do with metrics you know like you want to weigh a certain amount you want to have this amount of fat on your body and for that to happen you you have to have this many grams of protein carbs and whatever um i understood but still i accidentally tried to sabotage you in some ways but from the the average you know like from our family you know which are very sheep-like in a lot of ways uh they're like oh my god tj stop it like you're gonna kill yourself you're not eating enough little did they know you're probably still eating like you know <laughs> probably just as much as um uh, you know like the average american but it was all good food it was all very you know measured and like it got to such a point like I'd, you'd be prepping chicken i'd come by and steal one little piece of chicken just to see how it tastes like one cube like one inch by inch like dude you you fucking up my measurements like (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah there was a nice stretch in there probably four or five years where i did not put anything in my mouth that was not on a scale but now you condition your mind so much you can look at a a handful of walnuts and know exactly You know the macros. You're like a walking macro calculator. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. Some of my friends here, now that I moved and no one knew me, we'd be talking about stuff and, like, we'd get into talking about food and, like, I've, like, spent insane amount of time on nutrition because that's what made the biggest change for me, just learning about nutrition. So, like, when I kind of ask people, like, if I was to like put out a book or put out some content, what would it be on? Everyone definitely comes back to nutrition for me. Even though I had a decent amount of muscle and stuff, yeah. nobody ever said weightlifting. Well, Everybody so, said nutrition. You went so deep with nutrition I would, because, you know, at 300 and whatever pounds or in the high 290s, your body breaks down all the time. Like if, if you try to do too much exercise. So the the most leverage you could possibly get is like, learning nutrition because literally you can change your body but even when you're sitting on the couch yep and it was crazy because i dealt with so many injuries during that time too like you seen when my plantar fasciitis was so bad that i literally had to crawl to the bathroom sometimes because yeah. i couldn't and I'm stand on my own feet realize that that was more issue than i thought because i remember you waddling around all the time but now Anytime I get over 220 pounds, um, I start to get plantar fasciitis, and I'm like, oh, man, that's – and I only get it right now on my right foot. And uh, and I know it wasn't as bad as yours, so I can't imagine. Because my natural weight, like if I'm if I'm doing everything I can on a consistent basis, my natural weight is probably right around 200 pounds or 195, something like that. But I'm just uh, – I'm not about that life. I like uh, my blizzards. <laughs> Dude. Oh, yeah. 
it's funny because now I just so I kind of touched on habits and stuff in that first book. Do you remember what my first that first oh, book yeah. that made a huge difference on the me was? The first book you ever read from from uh, cover to cover was in de- in detention <laughs> because you had detention. And I was like, yep. CJ, read this book, and it was called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I think, right? Yeah, that's pretty sure. Yep. That was probably, yep, that was definitely the one. That was probably the most influential book in my life ever. Because that's when my motivation was at the highest point. Because I was just starting to see results. I was just getting over the fact that everyone called me Fat TJ for however long. And my motivation was at an all-time high. So, like, that was the perfect time to start building my habits. And that's what that whole book is about is just, building habits so when motivation dips like you just fall back on your habits and that played the biggest role in losing all that weight or even adding size like whatever it was like habits are definitely going to be the key to life i don't think anyone can achieve any big goal without having some habits yeah that align with that goal when when chaos happens in life just like you know as soldiers say you're never going to like you're never going to, like, in the middle of a battle, fall or grow into, like, perform better than your habits. You're going you're gonna to always go down to your high. – you're going to fall down to your highest level of training. And that's the same with, with the habits you develop with nutrition and working out. Like, you're, like, when the chaos hits and, you know, whatever. Like, you lose a job and you lose your girlfriend and all this stuff. You're naturally just going to fall right back into your habits because they're, they're there. It's like, it's when everything else is chaotic. The one thing you have is your stable habits. So those are always going to be there. The cr- the craziest thing is the last two times anything like that happened, like big events. My falling back onto my habits was way higher than like, um, just awareness and like being on point. My habits were a lot higher than what I was living before I had anything go wrong. Like once things started shaking up, like my habits took over and they were actually at a higher point than where I was actually performing at before the things happened. So like it almost like I had a certain level of comfort. And as soon as that got shaken up, like my habits fell back to my most consistent, most like on point self and I got so lean yeah. after both of those events. Like, literally when I moved out of state and moved to where I live now, I was a week out from a show. Like, I don't know if I sent you any pictures, at, right, like, yeah. a couple weeks after I moved here. But I was lean. I was definitely at my previous yeah, show. I remember, body fat I remember that. For... So it was crazy. Like my habits were higher than where I was currently performing. Cause when things got shaken up, I fell back to what I was comfortable with and I was comfortable with my habits and just lifted me right out of the yeah. little funk. Because it brings, it brings a little stability that's back been into a big, your life instead of like the chaotic events that just took place. Right. That's been a big thing for me. Anytime I have anything shake up in my life, I go right to like self-improvement, whether it's 
reading more, buying courses, finding new information, or getting my nutrition back on point, like, it always comes back to something that's improving. So whenever something gets shaken up and doesn't seem as good as it was or as I think it should be, that's when I go deep on improving in some aspect of my life. But do you, I remember the first show, because um, you sat next to Dad. He made the, what yep. was it, like four or five-hour drive to come to my first show. And there's a whole nother story about how he slept yeah. an hour before he headed there and stayed up all day. And then once he took me out to dinner after my first show, he drove the four or five hours back yep. home without sleep. Yep. He's just a machine when it comes to just pure work or get things done. But do you remember what he was saying uh, during that show? Because I remember getting a short chunk of it uh, out of context yeah. afterwards. And yeah, no, I remember it almost made me cry. He's like, he's like, I had no idea that, you know, that, uh, that TJ came that has come this far. He was like, and he's like, and I didn't know that he looked that good. <laughs> you know, he's never, he's never seen people. He's never seen you with a tan under the spotlights and stuff in a dark in a dark setting so he's he was just like blown away that you have completely changed not only your body but your mind and uh he was super he was just super proud of you which is hard to get out of uh out of his lips ever so it was a pretty good accomplishment (laughs) yeah because that was already what like a year and a half two years after i moved out so like he didn't see much of me, and when he did, I was obviously yep. in clothing, like yep. a bunch of clothing. Yeah. So that first show is he. I remember him making comments, and it was it was pretty cool to hear that. And now he really like trusts me with like nutrition and stuff. Like I feel like I guess I don't know how to explain. It. I've explained it a couple different ways, but I mean he's. I feel like pretty proud of where I came from and now like he does trust me a lot with like whatever I decide to do or if I give him a recommendation like I've done I put him on some edgy stuff to help him with certain health conditions and he's seen massive improvements so like he will listen to whatever I say based on what I've shown yeah. in the past like 10 years of what I've been able to accomplish just from all yeah. the learning and studying I've done. Yeah. I still can't I mean, break through to Anna, though. When, uh, <laughs> when you're surrounded by idiots all the time, it's very hard to have a person that comes in and tells you what to do in a couple hours <laughs> compared to your complete surrounding. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everything has completely gone from uh, <laughs> Fat TJ to where you are now um and you know for a long time you didn't want to embrace or at least from the outside point of view from me i was told you you have to like tell your story because that's what people are going to connect with is like that dramatic change which for a while you just wanted to talk about like how you are now 
And uh, I don't think that's where the power is because people can write that off as like, oh, he just uh, genetically gifted or, you know, how the fixed mindset will just write people's work off is like luck. But I think you really need to embrace like where you came from. You came from an absolute train wreck of uh, (laughs) physical body (laughs) to where you are now. So um, people can relate to that. Definitely. So I have two last comments, and then we can wrap this up since it was meant to be a shorter one. Um, The first one was, what was your thought about my last show? Because I prepped for that show in only four weeks where a normal contest prep was 12 to 16. When I told you I was going to do that show, well, what were your thoughts? thoughts? Were, hmm, that's not a lot of time. But, you're, I mean, you kind of you stay ready. <laughs> so, uh, it, it definitely showed. When you're on stage, like, I, I think there's only one guy that you kind of went back and forth with. They kept bringing you to the center or whatever that case was. And I thought you looked better. Of course, I'm biased because I'm related to you and, like, proud of you. You know, I want my little brother to do well. But, like, I literally thought you looked better than that guy uh, in most most aspects. Uh, you, well, you definitely took up more room on stage because you're just a taller dude. But I was amazed with the results you got in that whatever it was, four-and-a-half-week prep. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, it was like – it was like five weeks out. I'm like, huh, that would be cool to do the show because I knew a couple of people doing it. And then it was like four weeks out is when I decided, like four weeks out to the day because I was kind of tracking the days once I had it, I like had a glimpse of it in my head. And then four weeks out, I'm like, yep, I'm doing the show and I registered for it. And people thought I was absolutely crazy because they didn't, they knew I knew a lot about nutrition and training. But they're like, it's four weeks. Like, there's no way. But the second comment I wanted to make was back to the story. So when we were talking about the story, um, I remember the few times I've seen my parents as well, they were like, oh, like if they knew where you came from, if they knew where you came from. And we were talking about me competing. I'm like, they don't care where I came from. They just care how I present and that situation because like it was me going on stage and being compared to others so i'm like they don't like the story doesn't matter in this context so like when that kept being being brought up my mindset was all around competing i'm like the story doesn't matter it's based on my results like whatever i yeah, can you were still achieve to now your potential so and i, was I guess to influence uh, other people from like slug to stud <laughs> Right. Which, I mean, there's a good and a bad side. So, like, obviously, now with what I'm doing, my story has to get out there so people can trust me and they'll build trust and belief around what I'm saying. But in that context, I, the way I was at that point, I was also not letting my past influence my future. So, like, in a flip side, the growing up around the drugs and being homeless and stuff, it, that same mindset helped a lot because I got completely disassociated with my past. Like, it was not me anymore at all. 
so like when people live in their past and let bad things control their tomorrow, like something bad happens today, it's going to affect you for six years. Like, no, like I was completely disassociated from my past. Like anything that I grew up around or seen or whatever the case was, like I just did not identify with any of that anymore. So like I could see where it was weird not telling my story, but that mindset also helped me with so much more like it, it in life. Just it wasn't you not anymore. using. Yep. So like that past or like using any excuse to justify stuff, like it just wasn't a thing. And like since I started everything so early, age was a big one for me. Do you remember how pissed oh, I would yeah, get when people would talk a, about pretty age? Pretty big for eighteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I would lose my shit. Like I hated them justifying like it only being good for this or like when I got into like business and management like oh you're in a good or you know a lot for a 18 year old be like no I know a lot for the situation we're in despite the age like do I have stuff to learn yes but that belief because I felt like it was just a crutch for people yeah justify why they're not doing something or like when people are like 20 early 20s and like going out and partying making a bunch of bad decisions but oh he, he's in or they're in their 20s ah, whatever like writing it off and just justifying it i'm like no that's no excuse yeah well it's worked <laughs> so keep keep it up <laughs> so that's kind of how i've always approached things all right so obviously you have your podcast which i come on to a little bit more now that I, I'm going to, we reached my part in your story. So now I'm going to be on there a little bit more, being a little more active on that one, which is, it's the Art of Growth podcast on no, all the majors. Called, uh, the, uh, the podcast, podcast is places, your right? friend Mike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the social, all the social And then media is it's the Facebook the page is what I was thinking about. For the then, social right? media. Perfect. Well, yeah, I'll definitely be on there more. And then when we, I'll get deeper into different topics about mindset and stuff and how much you've obviously influenced me in that category. We'll bring you back on this one to take a deep dive on that and um, go head on to some of the beliefs that people have about uh, depression and all those fun things. podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.